Hi guys, Adele here, Babies on Broadway with the Rolling in the Deep podcast. Today we are hitting the subject of car seats and actually car seats myths debunked. That is a mouthful. So we are going to go over some common car seat myths that exist to give you guys a little bit of background. If you didn't know, I have been a CPST for the last probably about 10 years. So what is a CPST, Certified Passenger Safety Technician, and what the heck is that? Basically, if you are going to get your car seat checked somewhere, like let's say a Gold Cross is a common place, ambulance stations, fire departments, those things, CPST show up and we do the check of the installation. And so we are going to be in the vehicle with you making sure it's installed correctly, it's the right seat for your child, it's not expired, and make sure that you can install it. Okay, so I've been one of those. Can anyone show up to a fire station or... One of the checks. Yeah. Yeah, there's usually a sign-up online with limited spots. So when we're actually at a checkpoint, you do get about a 45-minute appointment. Does it really take that long? I mean, no. One of the beautiful things about, I think, my position has a CPST is I'm pretty readily available. It's a double-edged sword. But, you know, at an actual check, you're going to want to sign up. There's limited spots available, and it's usually only 10 to 15. Are they free? They are free. It's a public service. Yeah. Yeah. And I treat it the same way. Now, this is different, I think, with a lot of other store owners out there. We were having this debate the other day. Do you charge for a car seat install? Oh, and by the way, this is summer. (laughs) (laughs) My main gal. I said my main B. My husband on the last episode or maybe one episode ahead of this. (laughs) Wherever it is said, it's not respectful. So, But this is summer. Head of our DME partner, my, my main gal here. And so... That being said, with the car seats, I do treat it like it's a public service. Our job is to make sure that these kids are safe on the roads, and I do not charge for it. We'll install a car seat from any make, model, whatever it is, just making sure you're safe. So we're going to talk about myths today because there is a lot of them out there, um, and there's a lot of bad information on the Internet. There's a lot of good information on the Internet. There's a lot of people who think they know everything, and there is a heck of a lot of mom shaming that goes on. So let's just talk about the fact that I don't think anyone is purposely trying to install their car seats improperly. But the statistic out there is that like 76 or 66% of them are installed incorrectly. On days when I do checks, it's almost 100%, right? But it's not the parent. We're not here to shame the parent for that. There's so much misinformation out there. Really, you're supposed to read your car seat manual and your vehicle manual, marry the two together, and get your seat in right. And that's a lot to ask when you're just trying to raise a human to get them from point A to point B. So let's hit the miss. One of the big ones that we see out there, you guys, is that if you use the seatbelt and the latches and for those of you tuning in if you don't know what latches are if you drive something 2003 or newer the little bars under your seat you know what they're there for to install car seats you don't know until you have to use them (laughs) crazy phenomenon they're in every vehicle 2003 and newer and they're like the little clippers that clip on there so a lot of people get in their head that they think it's safer if you actually clip the latches and then use the seatbelt on top of it it's like double protection right While myth debunked on this, and I'm going to have a caveat with the fact that there is a couple exceptions to this rule out there, which is why reading your manual is so important, okay? But when you actually have your latches clipped and then your seatbelt tethered across it, you now have like two belt points holding this base down, and the bases are usually made out of plastic. So you get into this high impact accident and they actually have not been safety tested to have all that pressure down on the base. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it could actually snap the base in that accident. So using both is generally a big no-no. Okay. 
But there is a couple brands that use what we call rigid latch systems, where the latches don't actually have this tether piece. So they clip directly to the bars, and then the seatbelt would be the only thing that would have a tether across it. One of the brands is the Nuna Pippa. So that Nuna Pippa, you technically could do both, right? And Kleck Foomf would be another one that has rigid latch only forward facing with a seatbelt through it. But has a general rule of thumb, one or the other is truly the best way to go, just so you're not getting it wrong. But I oftentimes see that at checks where... And I'm just saying it's generally the dad is like, I got this thing so dang tight, it ain't going nowhere. I mean, I once saw a guy build a box around a base. Not just like have the latches and the seatbelt, but he built a wooden box. And it was a valiant effort. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like he thought he had this solid. And then you show up to a car seat check and we are like, you got to remove this box. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. What's the box made of? Wood. Like plywood. He like plywooded around the base so it wouldn't move in the vehicle. It was creative. It probably took a lot of time. Very creative. actually get it out of there I mean it was sad because he was coming to a check and I'm sure he thought we were going to give him some sort of like award (laughs) for most creative install or extra safety and it was really just an absolute horrible mess he did not probably like us but it was a good effort but the, the general rule of thumb just use one or the other keep it simple don't try to overthink it and my dad has a saying you know what the saying is rtfm RCFM. Yeah, it is like a rule. You do not call my dad. If you haven't met Grandpa Jeff, we should have him as a guest on this at he some point. He should be a guest. No doubt about it. <laughs> it would be a good time. Good. And loud. Um, but his rule, RTFM, is read the manual. Okay? I'll try to leave the Sounds F-bomb out of that. Jeff. Yes. And if you have not read that manual and you call him. You're in trouble. You might as well just hang up the phone. Yep. <laughs> he's not going to help you. And once you meet him, you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. So apply that to your car seat. Read the manual. Read your car seat manual. Read your vehicle manual because they both have important information about like where the car seat can go, where your latches are, all of those things. How your seatbelt locks. Did you know there's multiple different ways that a seatbelt locks? It can lock in the latch. It can lock in the belt. It can. It, there's so many different things. It's very, very tricky. So myth one, done. Okay. Let's talk about rear to forward facing. I feel like this is a very, very, very common controversy. And part of it is because there is actual controversy with it. More in the terms of some of the laws just having like caught up to the regulations that are out there. Mm. So at the end of the day, it is safer to keep your child rear facing longer. And that's kind of the bottom line. Now that's within the guidelines of the seat. So you want to make sure that they're within the proper weight and height guidelines that are on the car seat itself, whether it's 40, 50 pounds, whatever the height may be, make sure you're following that. But many of our laws still state like one in 20 pounds to flip them forward. And people have the misperception that as soon as you hit one of those milestones, we should flip them forward. Part of it is because as a society, we're kind of creatures of convenience. We want to see our kids. We think that they're more comfortable. They're not getting car sick, you know, riding backwards. We oftentimes will hear like they're going to break their legs. And if you really want to be a savage as a CPST, you can be like, you want to break your legs or your head, you know? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> But I do know one who will tell people that. And let's be honest, we'd rather break legs than a head. So the the point of keeping them rear-facing is to keep truly like their head and spinal cord intact in an accident. And no matter which way you're going to get hit from, you ride down that accident just a little bit better if you're rear-facing. So the longer we can keep them there, the better. And actually, the myth I'm debunking here is that lower extremity injuries, so like legs, hips, toes, all of it, extremely rare. 
in accidents, like the way that our body flies around in the accident for whatever reason. I don't know if we become little rubber bands in these situations or what, but they are not super common. So protect the head, keep them rear facing. You know, there is circumstances where we have to do what's best for our child, and there is kids who get carsick. There is kids that if they are screaming to the point they can't breathe and pass out, and it's because they're rear-facing, my God, like, do something about it within the laws, right? But general rule of thumb, don't just flip them around because you want to see their cute little faces. I mean, that's not the best idea, okay? So Get a mirror. Get a mirror. Well, you know, there's controversy on those two, so let's be, right? Yep, it's okay. They have those new little videos, though. What? Yeah, there's little tiny cameras. Like, they're real small. So I don't think they'd be as much of a projectile problem. You can, like, video your kid, and then there's, like, a camera, which I feel is very distracting. (laughs) But it's a thing that exists out there. I do not sell them, but it's a thing. But What about, I had a van that had one of those little drop-down mirrors. So you had your your rear-view mirror, but then you could push this little thing. And And it was built in. Yeah. That's perfect. And then another one, and I could see the kid. Was that a minivan? It was. They're made for kids. And odyssey guys yeah i mean then let's be honest here vans are made for kids that's great great. it was built in (laughs) you can do built in like built in's fine they're safer yeah they are absolutely safer i mean it's kind of a rule of thumb in car seat land in general is anything that's done by the manufacturer you're good to go go. like whether it's seat pads inserts all of that where you get in trouble is these aftermarket products you know and my parent brain can struggle with this at times for products i see that have good use that are aftermarket Mm. it's a tough it's a tough build, but if you are coming to a check point and you've got us as CPST, we're going to tell you. Get rid of the Yeah, get, get the rid of it. Mirror. Get rid of the mirrors. Get rid of the underneath seat pads unless they are made to go with your car seats, all that good stuff. So, But rear-facing longer is truly better, and it is better to protect their head. That's an injury you just don't want to deal with. So myth number two, debunked. Now we are going to talk about a couple that I feel like people just don't know. So we're just going to throw them out there. Graduating from a booster seat, when is your child physically able to be out of a car seat? Like out of a no-back booster. A lot of people like to throw out numbers. It's eight. It's 13. It's 100 pounds. It's 70 pounds. There is no golden rule to this is the bottom line. So that's where we're debunking the myth. There's like a five step test that you can give your child. And this can look different, not only in every kid, but sometimes in different vehicles. I have a friend of my oldest son's and it would drive me nuts when he would get in my vehicle because clearly, you know, I think he was like, let's say nine and he was out of a booster seat, but he was a short little torso and that seatbelt in the back, like just cutting into his neck and like up on his belly. And I was just dying inside driving this kid. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get rear-ended and it's going to cause internal decapitation. And that's all I could think about while I was driving. So I think it looks different on every kid, but here's the rule of thumb. You have your child when you feel like you can visually see that they're outgrowing the need for a booster seat and the age really varies. Like it could be eight, it could be nine, it could be 10, it could be 11. It's really hard to say. But when they sit on the car seat without a booster seat, you want them to push their butt like physically to the back of the seat and sit up straight. Okay? So that's going to be one thing, right? And then we want them to drop their knees over the front of the seat. So you want their knees to be dropping over the front of the seat. People will say feet touching the ground. This one's a little bit harder because I have seen grown-ass adults that their feet don't really fully touch the ground. So, like, <laughs> it's, you know, that one could be a, there. here nor there. 
Um, but you basically want them to sit as if an adult would sit on that seat. And then we're gonna buckle the seatbelt. And when you buckle that seatbelt, you wanna make sure that it's actually kind of coming across more of your lap than up in your belly. That is actually the most dangerous part of an accident, which people don't really understand. The job of a booster seat is to protect the child from injuries of the seatbelt. And we actually face them too as adults. People get injured by seatbelts all the time in accidents. Like they're minor as our bodies get bigger and you know we're able to take it a little bit better. Obviously the seatbelt saves your lives in accidents. Very important to wear your seatbelt. But they can sustain life-threatening injuries to children who might need a booster seat. So it's going to keep the belt kind of below the belly. You don't want it shoving those organs up. Basically that's the bottom line. And then in terms of the shoulder belt, we want it to be sitting, you know, kind of up here on their actual shoulder. If it's up in their neck or up in their ear, kind of here, it's it's not a good fit. And so those are kids. One of that, the angles. Yeah. Okay. So like when it's sitting there and you can you can physically see and you can almost like imagine an accident. Like what's gonna happen if their body propels forward? Is it gonna be up on their head and their neck? Yeah. That's not a good thing. That's a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a no back booster, something, you know, real non invasive. Um, until they're out of that stage and part of it's torso growth because you get a kid that's real short in the torso and that belt's always going to be sitting up you know by their neck and unfortunately it really shouldn't be there so that's kind of the step that we use you know have them sit down and the other part is maturity let's be honest like if they're going to be sitting wiggling around shoving their head under the shoulder belt you know causing a scene in the back like they're probably not ready to be out of a booster I got one of those yeah yep. and he needs one yep. yeah that's what I said. right like yep. sit down sit down. buckle why I'm are at- you practically upside down back there <laughs> like I'm I don't even see your head. Animal. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. That happens a lot. So maturity is a big part of it as well. My kids were really different ages. I had one really tall, skinny child. I hated getting him out of the booster, but he was so flippin' tall. Like, it just didn't make sense anymore. And then I had just, like, my giant child. He was a beast. He's still a beast um, for his age. And he was out pretty early by my standards. Um, Is there a weight? Yeah. That's the other thing people They can like to max it out. You know what I mean? Like booster seats are probably going to max at 120 and and that is a thing. It's a really tough situation to deal with where you might need to go into the realm of a special needs device of some sort. If you've got a child that weighs over 120 pounds, but let's say they're only five, we're going to have to look at a solution that can fit that because one, they're not mature enough. They're not probably going to be tall enough, like a safe rider vest or something along those lines. Really engage a professional for that because yes, you can max out the weight in a booster seat and it can happen to a younger child and and you got to deal with that so that's going to be a different conversation you know and you can always definitely lean into your pediatricians to a point but make sure that you're talking with a a certified passenger safety tech because it's what they do it's their their specialty we have to actually go through a lot of training for it I was just going to ask you Mm -hmm. actually yeah, it's quite you intense. have to do it more than once. Yeah, correct? yeah. It stays current. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is, you know, it expires every two years for one thing. And so during that two years, you can either do continuing education like throughout it or you can retest out, but you have to install so many seats. Now, I'm really blessed in the fact that I also get to work in the field every single day, touching and handling different types of seats, which is it definitely gives you an advantage. Because totally. um, a lot of techs out there don't see all the seats. They don't get like that advantage and some of them are kind of different or weird. There's rotating seats now. There's, you know, all yes. sorts of stuff. But then within that two-year period, you've got to fill out all that stuff, make sure you're getting your seat checks or you have to physically go retest. During COVID, like everyone lost their CPST. They granted us some leeway with it, but I remember having to drive pretty far to go retest as soon as I was able because it was just something I didn't 
want to have lapsed just with the amount that I touch and, and am helping people install seats. So it's, it's quite extensive. The first class that you take, it's usually five days and like eight hours. So it's not really, you know, to be taken very lightly. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of stuff. And I, if I'm being honest, I went into it thinking like, why do I need to take this? Like, I know what I know about seeds. Like I am an expert and no, it was humbling because there's so much that you don't know that Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you realize like, oh, this is a lot of information. Like how many different types of seat belts there are, how airbags affect things, the seating positions in the vehicle, like how many different types of vehicles there are out there. I mean, it is extensive amounts of things. There is seat belts that don't even lock that you have to use a locking clip with. And these are real old school, but it is one heck of a hard install to get done. And I, I personally dread them with the bane of my soul so like and I can do them and I can't imagine someone like not having any training on that and having to use a locking clip or what happens is they just don't but the right. seatbelt or the the seat itself is not even installed right like it will just fly it's not a good thing so that is the other well it's not really a myth but like information out there like when to debunking the myth that there's like an age or weight to get out of a car seat because it's really individualized the child so sizing yeah size maturity vehicle all yeah. of it how are they sitting making sure that seat belt isn't going to injure them how they're positioned so it could be different from mom to dad's car making and sure sometimes you hear like oh my gosh it's third grade he's out you know yeah. like no mm-hmm. that's also not a you know what the biggest one is i'm just gonna throw this out there is that dang kindergarten like when you're getting into the line in kindergarten, like the school line, and every parent dreads this, mm-hmm. every parent is calling me like, I want to get my kid out of the five-point harness when they haven't outgrown that part because they don't, they feel the pressure of the school line. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I get it because it is kind of nasty in there. Because like, they don't want to get out and unbuckle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quit it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stop. Really? I don't know. We hear that one a lot, but not a reason to like put your kid at like risk risk because yeah, <laughs> no, the parents are honking at you, you know, <laughs> I got a real lineup. I got four kids. I got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. Like that is such oh, a that common Limburg thing. line. It's nasty. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Your it, dad did it. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, it remember. is nasty. It is. I they shouldn't even be complaining because I don't have to do it. <laughs> My dad does it. <laughs> So maybe I just don't know the pressures that come along right, with right. it. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Judging when I shouldn't be, but it is better to keep them safe if you can. So that's the next one. Okay. And now we're going to talk about one. I think that this just comes into a little bit of keyboard warriors here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I commonly see. And there was a lot of myths I could have chose, but the reason I'm choosing this one is just because I see it so often out there. There is Texan guides out there who really don't work in the field. They go get their CPST and they're giving a ton of advice out there. And the reality is when you are on the ground, like working these checks or working with like real life families, you don't really always have the option to say things like you need a new vehicle, you need three new car seats, like those types of things don't work. That's not reality for some people. So the next one we're going to talk about is just, it talks about three across guidelines a little bit. But it's also in general, like people who will tell you what you should do in certain car seat situations where it's not an option to do something different, right? Like I've had some crazy installs before we were talking about this. Like sometimes people drive a truck and the tr- they have 
four kids or five kids, you know, and you're forced to put a child in a position in a front seat and turn off an airbag or, you know, there's just things like that that happen that unfortunately you have to do, they call it good, better, best, right? So you've got, you can do good, you can do better, you can do best, best practice is what we are always aiming for. But sometimes best practice doesn't fit into this like cookie cutter mold of like, in a perfect world when we're installing three across, none of the seats will touch. And there'll be no, you know, like crossover of anything. That's that's not technically reality when we're trying to fit three across. So three across is a big one. All of a sudden, baby number three comes along and we are not in a position to have a minivan, to have a third row seating, to have an SUV, whatever it is. Your vehicle is your vehicle and we've got to deal with it. And now we have three seats to get across in a row it is a jigsaw puzzle like I kind of love them because it's fun I've definitely had some bleeding fingers and please call and make appointments for those (laughs) but I do cringe when you maybe show up and like don't have an appointment and I'm like oh he's here it's three in a row (laughs) and it's 30 below Ah! (laughs) or 100 degrees Ah! that's right I just snapped my finger off (laughs) (laughs) get the rotating out of here you know what it was that i bled real bad on that was nuna execs that one day oh gosh but i think it was my hangnail (laughs) but it was really bad and i was really glad that the seatbelt went through like a locking mechanism and if you're listening to this podcast and you found my blood later i'm sorry but there was nothing i could do about it and i know you know i was bleeding because you but, (laughs) but they made me change the seats around because the color coordination was off Remember? And it would have been so much better. I had to get a Band-Aid, but, like, they didn't like the one being in the middle, so I had to, like, swap swap the two. But the amount of bleeding that was happening was ridiculous. Like, it was bleeding through my Band-Aid, so that was not good, you guys. But three across, okay? And there is, I'm going to say this out out loud, too, that there is situations where, like, at the end of the day, it won't work. And we... we, You got to say that because... Yeah, it's not going to work. It doesn't mean you have to get a new car. Like, we will try to do whatever we can to try to get seats that fit. And usually there is seats that are, like, 17 inches across, whether it's, like, Dionos or Klex or... Like, honestly, I'm just going to throw this out there. I found a safety first seat. Actually, Gina, my gal Gina in California, who is like the tech guru. Any questions I have, I call this woman. Like, she's been a CPT. She might be 20-some years in this, you know. Um, Told me she loved the safety first seat, and I told her she was crazy because that, (laughs) like, word in my brain doesn't register. No. Like, you love a safety first seat. And then she showed it to me. It's 17 inches. It's actually great. I don't know. They're upping their game, but that one's coming into my arsenal of three in a row. But I think that the the main thing with three in a row, because people say, okay, they, they can't touch each other. Like, that's the big myth we're debunking here. That's not true. Like, they're probably going to touch each other. What we want to make sure at the end of the install is that you've properly installed all seats per the seats manuals, okay? So whatever that looks like to you. Yeah, if you're sharing, like, latch clips, that's not okay, unless you're car manual tells you that it's okay there is cars that sometimes allow you to share latches but generally they all need to be installed per the manufacturer's guidelines independently on their own okay so again independently secure so you need six latch clips if you were going to use all latches generally when you're doing three in a row you you ain't messing with that you might have one that's latched maybe at most two most of the time I'm probably going seat belts because I have a better path it depends on where they are. If the seatbelts real low or hard to find, like it's a puzzle. You fix it as you go. But very rarely do you get in one. There's three sets of latches and the world is easy peasy. That's pretty rare. Maybe a Buick, like an old school one. Mm. 
Mm. <laughs> with the big middle seats. Those are oh. actually real nice. Mm-hmm. Teeter tottering so on good. like a 2003, <laughs> but they've got latches, but they're like really wide. And they're like, there's some room in there. Didn't Teets have a Buick riding room? <laughs> Teets. That's TT, our aunt. Oh no, that was my grandparents. But she well, might have like, drove it for a bit. I think she I don't did. Think or did Jeff drive it? Maybe? He did. Somebody drove it. He did. Yeah. Grandpa drove it. The rendezvous, not as great to install in, but the big Buick cars. Like, okay. you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like what Bruce drives. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kind of look like cop cars. Yes. <laughs> Those. Oh, Are they gosh, Les Sabres? Yeah. Les Sabres. <laughs> Buick Les Sabres have a lot of room. Like a lot. And the cloth is nice to work with a little bit nicer than leather sometimes to be makeout cars that's <laughs> what those were for now they're not, for three in a row now they're for three car seats in a row because all that Remember make it out went to babies. <laughs> now you got three in a row you got three kids you got bonus children oh lord yes <laughs> it is a good back seat so okay so back to car seats they're independently secure meaning its install won't change if you remove the seat next to it right so they can touch each other but you don't want it to be the reason that the seat is tight You're not using it to like wedge it in. So if you remove both side seats and your middle one is like loosey-goosey, that's probably not great. But you want to install the middle one probably first so that that one's secure. And then if using an infant seat in there, so there probably is one, depending, that you can secure the carrier without interference of the other seats. Now this one's tricky because sometimes like you do just got to do like a little bit of like a push click, you know, so we're not talking that, but like you don't want to be jamming it in there. And then you also want to be able to shut the doors without really smacking the seats in because that's a big thing too. So sometimes you get them in and they're wide to the, like if they're yes. rear facing and if they're going to be hitting the doors on the way in, that's trouble. that's probably not a great install. But at the end of the day, like if I had three Dionos or three safety first, like 17 inch seats, three in a row and the door still hit a little bit, that might be considered best practice in that moment. Cause you still got to secure these seats in a vehicle with three kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We see it all the time. Yeah. So it can be really tricky when they're close in age and you have three in a row and that the myth though, is that, that they can't touch. And, you know, also just knowing that sometimes what people do is using best practice in that moment. There isn't there's a cookie cutter way to do it that we could tote from afar saying like, get yourself a new vehicle, get something with a third row, you know, whatever, get a three new car seats. But if that's not a realistic, affordable solution for the person that you're working with in that moment, then that's not going to work for them. And there's no reason to shame them. One of the things that they teach you first and foremost as a CPST, and I see a ton of people who don't follow this out there. So it's super disappointing to me, whether it's shaming another tech for how they're doing something or shaming a parent, it is unacceptable. I will say this probably a million times as you listen to this podcast, but I think that like the reason I got into this business is raising a human is so hard. And I think for the most part, people are just trying to survive and do their best with what they've been given. And so there's no reason really for any of us to be like judging someone else's scenario on that. You know what I mean? I mean, like we're just trying to do our best, you know, and with that best, like you're going to install some car seats wrong. Yep. You know, and that's okay. And like, if someone wants to help you fix it, like hopefully it can be received well, because that's always a hard part. I do struggle with that. I'm going to say that. I will see things that are incorrect, you know, whether it's like something posted online. And I, I struggle to say something because I don't know the backstory. I don't know if that picture was posted while the car is moving. I don't know if they were stopped. I don't know. I don't know any of it. Yes. And I always struggle, like, how do I come off as trying to be helpful and not making that person feel 
like guilt or shame for like what they're doing. I think I can do it sometimes and do a good job, but other times I just like, I don't say anything. And then I kick myself because I feel like would they have wanted me to say something? It's such a fine line. It's such a fine line. It's terrible. Yeah. Poor Drew, who was on a podcast, he, we went out to eat one time at a, I think it was Applebee's actually. And I saw one of those fake Dunas. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so Dunas, these car seats that drop wheels. And especially during COVID, these things were flying off the racks and they were they were called strollers, not car seats for one thing. But they didn't have a five point harness on them, which is a requirement in the United States. And I mean they were clear it was clearly not a real car seat and I'm like sitting there and I'm eating and I'm like but it was not an authentic duna correct right? yeah a real duna has a five yes in the United States for yeah. sure yeah this was not meant to be used as a car seat and okay. this family is sitting here with this duna eating next to me and I am just like it's not a real duna <laughs> <laughs> and he's like don't like no you cannot say something it's gonna come off so incredibly wrong like yes they're eating it dinner truly is. you know yes. I'm like well what if they drive out of here get t-boned in the road and poor little baby flies out because they don't have chest clip on I am going to feel responsible for the rest of my life. <laughs> and he's oh like boy. kicking me and getting nervous and sweating and like, please, I just like drink your cherry Pepsi and don't say anything, you know? And I, my whole family's staring at me like I shouldn't say something. I didn't say something. And I still clearly think about it to this day. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and it bothers me. <laughs> Anyways, I just think that's the thing with shaming. Like you can join a million different car seat groups, some better than others, but there's always going to be these keyboard warriors who think they know your perfect situation. The reality is like they might not know what's best practice or in your, your affordability, your capability yes. of what you have to work with. So even though it's easy to say, like, go get three new seats, go get a new car, it's not always practical. So we use good, better, best. You know, we give people the options. You never shame them. You always give them kudos for what they're doing right. Because you know what? Just the fact that they showed up at a car seat check means they want to do better. Like, they're there because they want to protect their children. 100%. Step one. Like, you've already done better than probably 80% of the people out there. So, like, you're doing great. You know? You care. Totally. So, we always try not to judge them. So, that's something to, like, never be afraid to come into a check. You know, no one's going to judge you. We'll try to help you through your best situation. But hopefully that gives you guys some car seat myths debunked. I mean, I could go on about car seats for days and days and days no it's been a long time <laughs> of doing this and i mean that leads us to if you want more information you can follow us on all of our social um the rolling in the deep podcast but babies on broadway b-a-b-y-s on broadway and we are on instagram we are on facebook we got a tiktok it's a little unhinged but <laughs> i think those are Sometimes our social channels youtube we're on youtube and this podcast and we'll see you guys next time <laughs> bye